This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I'm going to start tonight in the book of Zechariah. Now, that's way back there in the back of the Old Testament. If you've gone to Malachi, you've gone too far. That'll help you, won't it? Zechariah is way back there. Zechariah chapter 4 is where I'm going to be. If you were here last week, we got to talking about some of the things of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to review just a little bit because this has stirred up in me all day. But if you saw the video last week, the, the old-time Jews, they referred to the Holy Spirit as the Ruah. As the Ruah. And they believed in the Holy Spirit. Now, we talked about last week that in the, the Hebrew alphabet, there's 22 letters. And all those letters are consonants. There's no vowels in them. But the letter H in the Hebrew alphabet literally stands for the Ruah, the Holy Spirit. Now, it came very interesting to me, but I, I came across this and I saw that there was a man named Abram, A-B-R-A-M, and his wife Sarai. Sarah was S-A-R-A-I. And God said to him, listen, we've got to get you out of your family's house. We've got to get you away from, from, from your country people and from your father's house. Because that was what was influencing them. It wasn't good. They were a bunch of idol worshipers. So he obeys them. And then years down the line, Father God goes in and says, you know what? I'm going to change your names. And with the name Abram, God added an H right there in the middle of it. You say, well, what's the big deal about that? Just wait just a second. And then with Sarai, it was S-A-R-A-I, he dropped the I and he added the H on it. And if it was not God, he was saying this to him, he said, Without the Holy Spirit, without the Ruah in your life, you'll never accomplish the things that I've, I've desired for you to do, to be, and to have. And I still believe that today. I still believe without the Holy Spirit, we'll never fully arrive to the areas that God wants to bless us, but also use us. I mean, even Jesus himself had said in, in Acts 10 how Jesus went about doing good. How God filled him with the Holy Spirit and he went about healing folks. And so, even Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruah. Now, we begin tonight and I ask you this question. How do you respond when you hear the Holy Spirit? I, I know a lot of people, they have the thought, Ooh, the Holy Spirit. Man, people are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's crazy religion. That's just crazy stuff. And, and a lot of times people say, you know what? I, I don't know that I want that much God in my life. Well, when people think that way, it's because they hadn't been taught biblically, man, the Holy Spirit is awesome. And we've got to have Him and we need Him. And you know what happens a lot of times with believers is they say, well, I want people to like me. I don't want my reputation to be ruined. I don't want people to think that I'm a Jesus freak. Well, are, are you more concerned about what people think of you or are you more concerned about what God thinks of you? And so in this situation, the, the biggest thing here I need to tell everybody, and we've gone over this week after week, is, listen, i got to get a hold of what the Word of God said. Not what pastor says, 
Not, not what Sister Bucketmouth says, but what does the Word of God say? And so in saying that, let's listen to the Scriptures tonight and let this just saturate you. So we begin in Zechariah 4, verse number 6. So he answered and he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now, if you think about what he's saying here, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit. If it's not by the spirit of God in your life, then it's by your might and it's by your power and it's by your abilities. And if that's how it is in my life, in your life, I'm allowing only by my might, my abilities and my powers. You're very similar to me because God created it, every one of us. And you know what that means? You're going to make a mess out of you. I've made a mess out of me when I've tried to do everything in my own abilities and talents. In other words, we become limited. But when we allow the Spirit of God to move in us like this, whoo, things begin to happen. So right here, it's not by might nor by, it's by the Spirit. Now go back with me to the New Testament, and we're going to be in the book of John for a couple passages. John chapter 6 is where we're headed. Ooh, it's not about, guys, it's not about my, my performances. And it's not about human eloquence, uh, eloquence. It's not about how creative we can be. And I'm talking about even things within the church. Where we mess up as the church is when we try to make the church a production. Instead of saying, man, let's believe God that the Holy Spirit's going to move. And I say that. Because the Holy Spirit can do more in five minutes than we can do in a lifetime. If we'll just begin to allow Him. Now we're in John 6. Begin with me here in verse 60. And I'm going to read a couple verses and then I'm going to show you what He was talking about here. Therefore, many of His disciples, when they heard this, they said, This is a hard saying. We can understand it. And when Jesus knew in Himself that His disciples complained about this, He said to them, Does this offend you? Now, what Jesus was talking about, if we went back to about verse 50 and started reading, Jesus had said to him, he said, listen, fellas, I am the living bread. Jesus was referring to himself that way. And then he said to him later on in that, that he said, my flesh is indeed food and my blood is indeed a drink for you. And so when he said this to him, to a degree, it ticked him off. Because Jesus was referring to him as, man, everything you need, guys, it's in me. So we keep reading here. Verse 62. What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? So he's telling them right there, well, if you don't believe that I'm living bread, what, what would happen to you if you saw me ascend back into heaven where I came from? And we know that that happens in, in Acts 1. Uh, verse 9, that's what happens with him. He ascends back into heaven right there before their eyes. Keep reading. Verse 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. 
Now, the, the New Living says it's not about human effort. It accomplishes nothing. Now, when I read this verse here, the thing I want you to get in this verse is it's by the Spirit who gives life. Who said that? Jesus himself referenced that right here. And the Holy Spirit was not merely sent just to be our helper. He was sent to be our everything. Everything in your life, in my life. And so if it's the Spirit that gives life, do I look to Him? Do I give Him the opportunity to move in my life? Or am I always looking at human methods, human solutions? Because that's the way the world looks at. That's all the world knows. But it's interesting to me that right here, Jesus said, it's by the Spirit, or the Spirit gives life. Now, I believe in God the Father as the Creator. I believe in Jesus Christ, that He's the Lord, and the only way you can be saved is through Him. I believe in His blood and His broken body. But when you look biblically right now, where is the Father and the Son at? Both of them are in heaven. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. So, I'm here on earth, and what happens to me today or tomorrow when the, the temptation of sin comes at me? What happens to me without the Holy Spirit? See, what, what, what normally happens is with people is we get this mindset, I can change me, I can fix me, I can do everything. I don't need that. But yet, Jesus right here, he tells me and you, it's by the Spirit. The Spirit gives life. So I, I can't ignore Him here. Do you think you can become a godly person on your own abilities? If you could have, then we would have never needed Jesus. And then we would have never needed to obey what He said. So keep reading here with me. He says that the Spirit gives life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were and would not believe. And he would betray him. And Jesus said, therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. From that time, many of the disciples went back and they walked with him no more. Even in that sense, I see a lot of believers that they backslide or they quit serving God. And I think a lot of it is, is because they do it in their own abilities. They don't ever say, Holy Spirit, help me. I need you. Now, turn a couple pages to John 16. John chapter 16. And you know, I, I believe this with every one of us as human beings. We have this same dilemma at times in our life. I want to change, but I can't. You're right, you can't without the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, he's the helper. Now, I just want to read one verse in John 16, verse number 7. And I want you to get this, some of, some of the words that are spoken here. Jesus speaking, and he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Now, when he said that, it's not because he had ever lied to him. Jesus never lied to him, but it was that significant. He was like, I tell you the truth, fellas, you got to get this. So he goes on to say, it is to your advantage 
or it's best for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, Jesus right here, he's telling them the answer to their issues. He said, listen, fellas, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. It's to your advantage that I go away. Now, why would Jesus tell them it's to their advantage that he goes away? Understand this, when Jesus was on the earth, he could only be at one place at one time. But he said that if I go away, I'm going to send you the helper. And guess what the helper is going to do? He's going to fill every one of us and he's going to begin to empower us. And he's everything that Jesus was on the inside of me and you. And so right here, his disciples, you know, they, they were in mourning. They were like, this can't be. Now, I want to tell you something. Think about on these lines here with his disciples. For three plus years, they walked with him every day. They were always around Jesus. But yet, when I study these guys, they stumbled, they fumbled, and they fell. They struggled. Remember Peter, he was the one who rebuked Jesus. Now that's a genius. And, and, and you can look at John. John wanted to send fire and consume people. And so when Jesus was in their presence for those three years, they were still making a mess of them. But when Jesus leaves and he sends them the Holy Spirit and they receive the Spirit of God, which we know in Acts 1 and Acts 2 they did, their lives begin to change incredibly. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was on the inside of them. So again, we've seen a couple passages now right here where Jesus tells them, it's to your advantage. Turn back to John 7. John chapter number 7. I think every time I read when Jesus references the Holy Spirit, Jesus is just highlighting the greatness of the Holy Spirit. John 7, verse 37. It says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me or come drink. If anyone thirsts. Now, just a couple Sundays ago, as we talked about the Samaritan woman, that's in John 4. It was very similar. Jesus said to her, if you get this living water, you'll never thirst again. And in that setting, Jesus was referring to himself as the living water. Keep reading, verse 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, Jesus said, he who believes in me, he who gets born again with me, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Now, remember back in John 4, I said the Samaritan woman, it was referencing to Jesus being living water. But in this passage right here, Jesus himself was referencing the Holy Spirit as living water. How do you know that? Read the very next verse and watch what it said here, verse 39. But this he spoke... Concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in Jesus would receive, 
For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not glorified. And so in this situation, Jesus was saying here, as long as I'm with you, I'm the living water. But the day's coming when I'm not going to be on this earth. So when you receive me as Lord, then you got to get the real living water. And what happens with you, he will be a continuous flow in you and out of you. Your innermost being. Now, who said this? Jesus did. And when I read what he said here, rivers of living water, a flow. Jesus, again, is informing me and you the significance of the Holy Spirit. Now, go with me to Ephesians 5, and we're going to dig in here just for a minute and go a little deeper tonight. Ephesians chapter 5. Rivers of living water. What would a prayer look like on that? Father God, I ask you to fill me with rivers of living water. Let that flow in me and right out of me. Right on the inside of me. Ephesians 5. Verse 15. See then that you walk. Or you live circumspectly that word circumspectly there means carefully or cautious not as fools but as wise that's interesting right there he gives two options you're either going to live as a fool or you're going to live wise verse 16 Redeeming the time, making the most of every opportunity, or capitalizing on every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. I've got to keep my standards high. Because the days are evil. I'm going to tell you right now, guys. The devil, he plays for keeps. His goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's John 10.10. And so right here, he's saying... Be careful how you live. Make the most of every day. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what God's desire is for every one of us in this room. Verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. The word dissipation means it cheapens you. Now the reason he says this right here is don't be drunk with wine. Is because that's what you used to do before you got born again. But it wasn't God's desire right now. And so what he's talking about there is when I get drunk with wine in those sense. I'm saying I want to follow my desire. I want to follow the desires of my flesh. So look what the remedy was. He said, don't be drunk in wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. So when you look at everything the Apostle Paul says right here, he said, don't live as a fool. You know what a fool does? He allows his flesh to dominate him. 
Now, whatever his flesh wants to do, he bows to it. But you know what the wise does? The wise said, I'm going to be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to change me. Now, I don't have time here, but Galatians 5, 22 and 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. When you reference that, the fruit of the Spirit comes only from the Holy Spirit. There's nine of them. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is patience, self-control, and I highlight that one in my life, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and meekness, which is humility. In those situations, I would be willing to bet almost every one of us in this room have a lot more than one of those that we need. How many of you could have a little better love walk? Go ahead and elbow your spouse. Say, he's talking to you. I know with patience. I know with long-suffering and self-control. But if I get a hold of what he said, he said the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you have ever seen a fruit tree that's just freaking out and saying, we've got to produce apples today? No, you know what happens to a fruit tree? When he's watered and he gets the right sunlight, he just naturally produces things. See, that's what happens when we live wise and we live for the kingdom of God. The fruit of the Spirit just starts coming out of you. And before long, when you begin to highlight and say, man, Holy Spirit, birth love in me. Let the love of God flow out. Let there be a joy in my life. How many got problems with patience? You ever ride with me in a car, you'll see it. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you guys, God is still working on me in that area. Self-control. How many could use self-control in your tongue? You speak before you think. I do that. And so many times in our life we say, you know what? This whole week I'm going to watch everything I say. And you know what? Usually it don't last an hour or two. I've been there. I walked that out. That's me to a T. But something happens when I begin to say, Holy Spirit, help me. And there's times my little tongue and mouth want to say something. And I can sense the Holy Spirit saying, down boy, down. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will make me look like a genius is because he's just operating in me. So this is what he's talking about. And he goes on to say, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so what ultimately ends up happening here is when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, this will begin to come out of me. I'll begin to sing, and I'll begin to make melody, and I'll begin to make music, and out of my heart will be gratitude and thankful. And, and there's times in my life, I'll just be walking through this building, through the office, and I'll be singing. I can't sing, but I like to sing to the Lord. And it's a sweet-smelling aroma to Him. And I make melody to him. And I begin to say, thank you, Father God. Thank you for another day of life. Thank you for the opportunity to get to do it. And I just gush with gratitude. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what he begins to do on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit's not going to make you do cartwheels in the church. 
He's not going to make you bark like a dog. He's not going to do those things, guys, okay? He's the perfect gentleman. Now go with me to Psalm 50. Psalm chapter 50, and I want you to see this. And, and where this jumped from is when I, I watched that video the other day of the war room. And I heard that lady praying on there. The next time that shows, watch that. And I, I tell you, that woman prays with a passion. And what I mean by a passion, her prayer life is Holy Spirit empowered. It isn't just, oh God, I hope so. It's no, we're going to raise up in our... And when you begin to hear, and I mean it begin to strike in me. When I heard her praying like that, Psalm 50, verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. The reason I want to end with this tonight, some of you, maybe the majority of us, you're facing some situation right now that's very difficult. Very, very difficult. And the answer you need and the answer I need, it doesn't come from human reasoning. It doesn't come from human methods. It comes when the people of God call out to Him with prayer that's birthed from the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.